But tonight, we're going to just look for a few minutes, hopefully, at uh, Proverbs chapter 3, the first 12 verses. And we're going to look at this title, God's Blessings to the Obedient. When you live your life obedient to the Word and the law of God, God promises to bless your life. And there's nothing more, more exciting than to look at God's blessings that He puts. I've got, I've got a friend, and, I, I, uh, um, and he's preached here before. I started not even saying his name. I watched, I watched Greg Gilpin, and he, he'll probably watch this, grow up, and, uh, and, he, and, I, and he was younger. He was one of my close friends. We were in business together a little bit. And to me, he's one of the best examples. I've watched God because he made really good, he was always faithful to God, seemed like. He didn't do like me, and up and down, and, and shipwreck a time. He's been right in it the whole time. And God, through, through every bit of his life, it seems like God just takes care of him and blesses him. And he's just, he's just to me, a testimony of how blessings. And so your life is the same thing. There's times in your life that you can say, that blessing came from nobody else. I didn't deserve it. It came from God. Why? He loves you. He wants to pour it. And so the Word of God is a law. It is an instruction that if we apply to our life and we obey it, He'll bless. So we're going to look at that in these verses. If you'll stand with me just for a minute. Uh, we're going to read these 12 verses. And this is Solomon's wisdom in this chapter that it's talking about the Word of God. And it says in verse 1, it says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long time and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Amen. God's blessings to the obedient. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. We pray that you would bless the reading of your word, that you would, Lord, help us to see and put to our heart. And Lord, God, that we would desire to please you more than anything else that we want to please ourselves. And God, that you would then bless. And God, you would then move. And God, you would be honored. And God, move tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tonight, we're, we're looking at, there is, there is a... Uh, there is a process that you see in these verses that uh, the Word of God is saying, these words of counsel, these words of instruction that is being given to this son, says, my son, forget not my law. Don't forget what I'm about to tell you. Have you ever had your parents? you ever had somebody taste? Now listen, son. Listen, daughter. You're getting ready to do this. Now don't forget. Don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do that. You give them wisdom and instruction. Why? Because you've been down the road. You know a few things. And you know if they, don't, if they do what comes natural, they're going to make a mistake. And so you try to give them counsel and wisdom. Sometimes they take it. Sometimes they don't. Many times, I didn't. 
I believe mom could tell you that uh, for the most part growing up, uh, I didn't. And dad would be at work many hours. And mom, I tell you what, I was thinking about it. I don't know. My younger years, I, don't, I think mom could think of more. or It would be easier to think of the times that I wasn't in trouble than the times that I was. Because I didn't want to hear. I wanted to do it my way. Okay? So I, I didn't learn this, this principle in my early life. But it's so important. I'm getting some feedback, but we'll just deal with it tonight. So the, uh, the, uh, the truth of God's Word is so important to apply. And so there's going to be, in this scripture, we're going to see that there's five things that it's pretty much telling us to do. Number one, it's, this is what it's telling us, instructing us to do. One, obey God. Obey God. Know what He's telling you. Let it be written to your heart. Verse one, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. God is saying here, through the word of God, He's saying, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer. Write it to your heart. He's saying, let the Holy Spirit take the word from the page. This is not a story, this is life. And write it to your heart and make it part of your life. I was reading, uh, or actually I was watching a YouTube video the other day, and it was a Christian missionary, or a, a Christian preaching about missionaries, and he went on a big mission uh, uh, I guess a uh, secret group he was meeting with in China and he was meeting with 23 hidden secret leaders in China and these 23 leaders are, were represent 20 they were over all these other groups of Christians and they represented 20 million Christians wow what an amazing thing and he was talking to them and he found out said what's going to happen if they find that we're in this secret meeting and the answer was that you'll be thrown out of the country and we'll be put in prison for several years. And then he found out that out of the 23, 18 of them had been in prison already for their faith. And so he was talking to them about the Word of God and they, they keep them from getting the Word of God. And so he recognizes he was preaching that they, they, there was one particular lady and she had the, the, whole, about the whole Bible seemed like memorized and he was asking her at a break, how in the world does that happen? And she said, you have plenty of time to memorize in prison. And he said, how did you do it? You, they won't give you Bibles. How do you memorize? He said, people would come into the prison and they would have the, hand, the word, chapters and books of the Bible written on paper and they would sneak it in. They would, get the, they would get it to us and we would quickly try to read it and memorize it. He said, well, they fight, do with it. They'd throw it away if they caught you with it. You'd be punished for it. But the thing they, she said was, but they, if we would memorize it as quick as we was because when it got written to our heart, they couldn't steal that. They couldn't take that away from us once it's written upon our heart. So many times we take for, uh, take for granted the truth of the Word of God. And what this, this writer is saying, what the Word of God is saying is we need to obey God. It says in verse 2, it tells us the reason we need to obey. Here's one of the promises that he makes. It says, for length of days and long life. It's saying that the, we're talking about it. it this uh, impacts the quantity of your life. It's not necessarily saying, it doesn't give you a promise that you get an extra 752 days. But can you agree with me that it's true that those people who dedicate their heart and life to the Lord, it makes a difference in your life. It causes you to have a more blessed life. It causes, I guarantee you, that it extends. In fact, we know that the Word of God tells us uh, about that in Ephesians 6, 2, 3, that it tells us about extending our life. It says, Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first great commandment with promise, 
for it may be well with thee that thou mayest live long on the earth. God is saying here, you live to my principles and you obey. Don't be like the rest of the culture. Obey your mother and father. I'm going to see that and I'm going to extend your life. I'm, I'm going to make an impact on your life. So we see that it makes quantity of days of life. You know what else? When we obey God, it, it, uh, it affects the quality of your life. It impacts the, hey, the joy that you have. When we take the things that we deal with and, and we trust God, there is a peace that passes all understanding in their life. It says in verse second part of that verse 2, it says, And peace shall they add to thee. He's talking about shalom. You've heard that word. It's peace is what it's talking about. Obedience of the word adds not only uh, 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 quanti- quality, but quantity in, uh, to your life. Verse 3 goes on and says, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them, bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. This word mercy here is hased. And this word hased uh, here is talking about a loyal love. And this truth is talking about faithfulness. And so, you know, let me give you an example of what it's saying. It's telling them, it's very important. It says, this is so important, in fact, that the next things that we're going to say, every one of these things is based on these two words of being, having a loyal love for God and faithfulness. Okay, uh, this, this, is, this is giving us a picture of like a marriage relationship. When you get married and you love someone, there is a things that you do. You dedicate yourself to that person and to that person only. It impacts the way you treat them. It impacts the way you forgive them. It impacts the things that you do for them. And it's a mutual relationship. And so this word is saying that if you want to do what I'm telling you to do, you need to have a loyal love and faithful life for God. You know what? There's not one thing that God asks you to do that He doesn't do back for you. Is there anybody more loving and faithful to you than your God? Is anybody more showing more examples of love and faithfulness than God? There isn't. And so He's saying that don't let these things, don't forsake these principles. These are the most important thing. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart so that thou should find favor and good understanding. He's talking about Put it where it's so obvious in your life that every time... Do you ever have pop-ups on your phone to remind you? Do you ever lay out something on the table so as you go by, you say, Oh, I've seen that. I need to remember to do that. And, and you do things to put in front of yourself so that you remember. That's what it's talking about. Don't let these things out of your life. Put reminders in your life. Make these are the two principles in your life because it impacts everything else. And it not only impacts your relationship with God, but it says here in verse 4, So thou shalt find favor and good understanding. That word means success, understanding, in the sight of God and man. Listen, there's nobody in this world. If you're trying to hire somebody, you want to find someone who is faithful and loyal. If you're trying to put someone over your finances, you want to find someone who's faithful and loyal. You try to find that good Christian person that you can put your confidence in. We see that in the life of Joseph. His, listen, no matter where he went, it didn't take him long to figure out that man was a good, faithful, loyal man. And whatever he touched, God blessed. And he just rose, 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 rose to the top. Everywhere he went, you just throw him in the middle and he's coming to the top. Why? He was, this relationship with God not only impacted his relationship with God and God to him, but everybody else was able to see it and it caused him. So be faithful to God. So we see here, that first part is obey God, but it also says trust God. Number two, trust God. In number verse five, it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust is talking about if we truly love God and faithful to God, then we should trust God. 
Now, it doesn't say you trust God when it's easy. Trust God when you understand. Trust God. It just says this is talking about complete trust, blind trust. In every situation, trust Him. This word, listen, this word trust here is the exact same word that talks about to lie down, helpless, face down. It is a total surrender. This, the picture of this is if, and Steve will understand this, if you get arrested and, some, and the police officer's got a gun drawn on you and they say, and hope not, today's culture, who knows what they'll do. Today they think that's, that's like, okay, it's on like Donkey Kong. I guess it's time to, to act crazy. I don't know, before used to, people would think I'm getting ready to get killed. I better do what I'm told. So, but when the police officer tells me to get, on my, get down on my face and put my hands on the back of my head, I'm going to do it. Okay, hopefully they never tell me that, especially right now. But I'm going to do it, okay? But, the, but what is that position when you're like that? You are totally vulnerable. You are totally and totally yielded to trust. And you are putting yourself completely at their disposal. And that's what this verse is talking about, is trust God, yield yourself to Him in everything. And it goes on in the rest of that verse, it says, and lean not, don't put any confidence in your own understanding. Many times we want to trust God when we get to the hard spots that we don't know what to do. But when we think, oh, I think I've got some, oh, I think I know what to do, we lean on our own understanding and we fall on our face almost every time. We may get away with it. We may think we have success, but if we could back up and see what God really wanted to do, we walk away from some of the best things because we don't trust God. In verse 6 it says, In all thy ways acknowledge Him. This word acknowledge means to learn and to hear. To acknowledge is to not only is to say, God, what do you want me to do? Listen and then to act upon that. Have you ever told your kids, and, and I know there's been times that I remember conversations when my parents told me this, or like my dad would say to me, now I've been telling him I'm going to do something, and we may have different opinions. And I'll say what I'm going through, and now, son, let me, let me tell you what I think you ought to do on that, and they'll, you know, he'd say something. And have you ever done that with your child, and your child, instead of saying, well, that's probably good wisdom, I think I'll take it, they'll say something like this. Well, Dad, I don't think you understand. I'm not... This is different. This is different. Let me tell you why, why I think I should do it my way. This is saying that God's understanding is to say, God, what do you want me to do? And there is no second option. You just do what he tells you to do. Why? Because his voice, his direction is perfect every time. And because what does he say he'll do if you do that? The end of that verse says, and he shall direct thy path. That verse, what it's talking about, this, this obedience of listening to what he tells you to do is saying that you will avoid the pitfalls that Satan is setting for you. Every one of us is walking a path. Every one of us is walking on a journey. Some of you is getting, drawing closer to God. Some of you is coming to earlier to prayer service and encourages you pastor. And, and, and when you, you were on paths every day making decisions. But before you, you don't see it because it's in the eternal and it's in the invisible. But there is there's decisions to make. There is things in your path that you will have to make decisions. And when we listen to what God says, He will, it's this word that it says that He will direct your path. It's means make straight. It's like taking a curvy uh, awful road and straightening it and making it better. When I was reading that I was thinking about New 30. I remembered the old way coming over here the way I'm telling you what I remember my wife when we years ago came over here she was expecting and she always had to throw up at least once if not three times on the way to church. It was awful. It was those curves just took her out every time. 
And but that new road, it was, it was a it was a direct bypass. It was a straightening of the road. Now, boy, you can get over here in no time. It's so much better. The road is better. And yet, would you ever would you want to go back and stand and put the curve? No. Why? Because it's been made straight. And, and so it's easier path. And, and so we that's what God wants to do in your life. And so the number three, we got we need to fear God. You know what, if there's something right now that you know why we're having the problems that we're having in our nation, there is no fear of God. You know why there's a, there's a problem in, in morality in our homes? There's no fear of God. Do you know why that all these sins are in your face? Do you know why that our culture is challenging everything that we know is to be norm and to be true? It's because there is no fear of God. If we were to go back in the book of Acts and if, if people started getting struck down because they were moving against the things of God, it would get some attention. But thank God he's got grace. He's got mercy because he would have took me out a long time ago. But that we see here we need to have fear for God. Verse 7 says, Be not wise in thy own eyes. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear. This word fear means reverence. A holy reverence. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Why? Because you, you don't trust who, what you think is right. You've heard the saying, don't be a wise guy. Well, that's what it's talking about here. Don't think that your wisdom is going to lead to your success. It'll lead to your fall. God's ways is right every time. Every single time. In, in fact, Proverbs 26, 12 tells us what happens to a man who thinks he's a wise guy. It says, seest thou a wise guy? Uh, a man wise in his own counsel. This won't be up there. But seest thou a wise man in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. When we think that we are wise and we think, and we get a grin on our face and we think I'm smarter than everybody else, the Word of God says that's when you're getting ready to fall on your face. You're getting ready to make your biggest mistake because your ways are not higher than my ways. Joshua found this out, not to lean on his own understanding, but fear the Lord and trust in Him. When he conquered Jericho, and God gave them this great victory over this massive city with this impenetrable wall. And the next city they're coming to is a small little city. And so, so small, instead of seeking God, asking God what to do, we see that in uh, Joshua chapter 7, we see that he just sent a small group of people. They'll just take that out. They're going to be nothing. It's going to be easy compared to what God... But he didn't seek God. And there was sin in the camp. And they were defeated and ran. And several of them were killed. Why? Because they became wise in their own eyes. He thought he understood. He just applied what God had done on the last battle. But God had a different plan. That's the way our lives need to be. Trust Him. Amen. And so obeying God impacts. It says here if you obey Him and you put Him first and you trust in Him, it will impact your health and your well-being. There's even studies that we're, I'm going to tell you about that tells you that this. And verse 8 says, It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Do you believe that living for God has even, even physical properties to where God blesses your physical health? It does. Let me, let, this will be easy to understand before I even tell you this. If you live a life that is contrary to the Word of God and you're doing things. I used to be a sinner. And if you remember when you were a sinner, especially if you were like me running from God knowing who He was, and I was so tore up all the time about what was going to happen to me, there was so much stress in my life, I know it was impacting my health. But when you live for God and you know when you go to... That was the best thing in the world is that night I got saved and gave my heart back to God as a 21-year-old. 
I went to bed that night with a smile on my face and peace in my heart I hadn't had for years because I knew everything was right with God. He was the one going to carry the load. All I'd do to listen to him, he he made everything white and clean. And if I die tonight, hey, I'm ready to go. Hey, that uh, that has an impact on your health. Let me tell you, I found an article. I was looking for that because I knew it was true. I didn't even have to look very hard. I found an article in a magazine online. It's called Relevant Magazine. And it stated that there are proven health benefits to people who are faithful to church attendance and to prayer. Those two things made a big difference in people's health. In fact, they found that people that were actively following those things, it had made an impact. It reduced their blood pressure. It strengthened their immune system. It staved off even the effects of mental health. It gave them peace that others didn't have. It made a difference in their health. Do you know what? They studied the people who didn't. The people who were in the study who didn't do these things, they tracked their lives and the history of their physical uh, uh, follow-up follow and what happened to their life. And they found that people who didn't do this in their life, it says that it had the same impact on their health as it, and it was so unhealthy, it was like that someone who had smoked a pack of cigarettes every single day for 40 years. Just not having church attendance and prayer in their life impacted them that greatly. Listen, there is benefits in your body. There is benefits in your mind. There's benefits in your soul when you obey and you love God. And then we see that the next thing, the number four, we need to honor God. Honor God. I, I, I remember the first time I heard this example, and I might have told this before. I was doing a study uh, at First Pentecostal, and it was a marriage uh, counseling thing, or uh, trying, you know, for a group of us, I was going through trying to just, uh, as couples, trying to improve marriages and stuff. Not that we were in trouble, we're going through some kind of therapy. It was just a church uh, study that we were going through. And Gary Smalley, he's still, I think he's still alive because he's been doing this since the 70s, but he had a, uh, he was trying to teach this word honor. And so as he talked, as he started, he passed. Now, this was back in the 70s. He had an old violin, and it was, the neck was broke, and it was still hanging by its strings. And he, I don't know why he did this, because it was so risky, but he passed. He says, as I talk about this, I just want you to pass this around the crowd. Look at it. Don't drop it, but just take care of it, but just pass it around. Look at it, and we'll talk about it in a minute. So you watched it going through the crowd, and people look at it, and, well, it's nice, it's old, and so forth. And uh, so he finally says, oh, by the way, uh, that violin that you got, he said, uh, and, and it didn't look like it was worth all that much because it was broke. But he said, I got that from a friend of mine over at this local museum. He said, that's one of the original Stradivarius violins. And, uh, and at that time, in the 70s, he said it's worth about $400,000. And the person that was holding it, you seen this? You first of all, you heard this. You heard this, like you heard this gasp of like, oh. And then you seen the person that held it. All of a sudden, instead of just treating it like a rag doll, like, like you know, come and get this thing out of my hands because you know that would be well over a million bucks now. And so, but all of a sudden, when they found the value of something, there was this collective gasp. And he says that gasp that you made, that is honor. And he was teaching about uh, marriage relationships. And he said, when your wife comes in the room the next time, says, you need to say, oh, there she is. <laughs> honor. honor. See, see what it does for you. <gasps> you know, honor. But that's the, not only, not only would it, you know, most of you women would probably pass out. But, uh, or your husband, I'm sure, would too. But 
it's, it's talking about doing that with God. Doing that with God. Honor. You know what? You know, we were sitting here in the service tonight. And I, you you, you might have caught that. I had it replay. I got that. I can do that with my phone. That one song, uh, you know, that's talking about lifting my hands. It's just a beautiful song by, uh, by Brooklyn that we was playing in the prayer service. And I felt just that presence of the Lord come in so strong on me anyway. I know you felt him too. It was just like I didn't want to get out of that. I didn't want to get out of that spot. I didn't want to get out of that because it was like God's glory come down, and it was it was like I wanted to honor Him. I wanted to lift my hands. I wanted to praise Him. That's what it says. If you really love God, you want to be loyal to God. You want to hear God. You want Him to bless. Honor Him. It says honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase, so that thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. See, we honor God in different ways. We honor God uh, with a grateful heart. We honor God by living faithfully for Him. And in these examples, He's given this because this is one people struggle with sometimes, is, is that honor God with your even your giving. Listen, let me ask you something. Where, where do you get what you get? When you get that paycheck, where do you get it? Well, it's I earn it. It's mine. I, I get it because I went to work all week. You know, it's mine. But let me tell you something. This is something that I can tell you from example. As a young man, I struggle because when you get married, you know this, you relate to this. When you first get married, you barely can get enough money to eat sometimes. I mean, you're, you, first of all, some of it is my stupid, you don't know how to manage nothing, and then you come around and, oh, my goodness, and so you do crazy things. And I fell into that a few times, uh, and uh, many times, I would think. So it took me a while. So I struggled with this. And so sometimes I would be a little behind or not get lying. God, do you really? Is that a big deal? Because, God, if I give you 10%, I'm only left with 90%. I need it all. But what the Word of God says, and this is something you can test. You have to test this to see it's true. You will have more when you give faithfully to God with the 90 than you'll ever have with your 100%. Let me, get, let me prove that to you. If you want to find out that that's true, you go to Chick-fil-A. You go this next Sunday after church, drive up to Richmond, check out Chick-fil-A. What are you going to find? What are you going to get? Kind of, you get good deals on Sunday, don't you? Because they're closed. It's free, right? It doesn't cost anything to go to Chick-fil-A on Sunday. I just want to tell you that. Heads up. Online, it doesn't cost anything to go to Chick-fil-A on Sunday. You won't find anything. But they, don't, they close to honor God on Sunday. Go on across town a little bit and go over to Hobby Lobby. Same thing. What's the difference? What they're, what they're honoring God. Well, that's crazy. We're going through a pandemic. We can't do that. Let me tell you something. The proof is in the receipts. They prove that those two businesses do more in six days than all their competitors do in seven. In fact, they do more than several of their competitors added up. You can't. I went to Chick-fil-A Two weeks ago, my daughter and my wife and I was gone. They, we went, or last week actually, early, and we went and they was wanting to get out of the house. I've been cooped up, so I rode in the car, and my daughter wanted to go to Chick fil A. So we went at like 3 o'clock. It's going to be good, you know, 3 o'clock. Surely you can get through that thing. We went there, and it was so backed up that it was around the building twice. And people still going through that line. They got people all through the parking lot doing, you know, it's my pleasure and all this kind of stuff. They treat you good and the food is good. What's going on? God's blessing. God blesses those who honor Him. So let me tell you something. Don't, don't even second guess it. Trust God 
with whatever you do, however you give, God gives back. Don't do it to make money, but give it because God, you're the one that gave it to me in the first place. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be even have the job I've got. I can tell you God's blessed every throughout my life. The things that I've got, God's been a blessing. So we got to honor God through not only the way we live, not only the way we act, but the way that even that we give and with a, an obedient heart. Finally, finally, hey, I'm coming toward the end. I don't think it's going to be 45 minutes, I hope. So the last thing is, he instructs him, yield to God. I don't like yield. It says in verse, I'm going to clarify that in just a second. Verse 11 says, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. We don't like sometimes to yield. I've admitted this before. My kids know this. There is a couple of places in London where the roads yield. And I struggle with that. I, I, I've been working on it, okay? I'm, I admit to you, I have been working on that. Somebody, try, I see somebody, they're coming flying up my right side. I'm almost, I'm thinking, what did they, you know, you just want to just react. And I'm sitting there saying, Lord, please help me. Just help me not to go any faster. If I, get the, if I don't go any faster, I'm not going to get the gas and let them go on. If they're going to get around me, let them go on. And just, Lord, I'm, I'm going to try to yield. We struggle with yielding. Now, some of you all just, you're just so compliant, and I, uh, and I appreciate that. I'm not. I still struggle in that area. And, and, uh, and so the Lord's still working on me. I'm a, I'm a progress, a work in progress, okay? There's still construction signs around my spiritual life. The Lord's still working. But he's saying to him here, well, nobody likes somebody jumping on you. Nobody likes discipline. Man, I remember times, I'd, I'm telling you, if you come home, when I come home, your mom would be cooking in the kitchen and she's crying. I knew I was in trouble. I thought, oh, Lord, what if they figured out I did this stuff? I was going to be in trouble. And no one likes going through this stuff. And as parents, I, you know, sometimes growing up, you, you may think your parents enjoy that kind of stuff. You know, well, they got me again. But as you become parents, you realize, well, no, you really don't want to. You don't want to do this stuff. But you do things. Why? Because you love them. You love them. You try to instruct them. You see things in their life that's going to cause them damage as they get older. And sometimes we have to discipline our children. It breaks her. I'm telling you what. You know what I'm talking about. You'll cry just like they do. They may not see you. You may have to go in the bedroom after a while. But it kills you when you have to discipline your kid. But you love them. You want them to grow up and be great, responsible young people. And that character that you just seen, that deceit or that lie or whatever, you know that they can't get it. So you have to do something. And this word is saying here, listen, God's going to correct you when he sees. He knows that that nature that's in you is going to cause you damage. It's going to cause you to miss out on the best that he has for you. And so what Solomon is saying, what the Word of God is saying here, is that don't despise it and learn to yield to it. Learn to accept it. Because don't get weary. Realize what the purpose is. It's because He loves you. It's because He's working in you. For whom the Lord loveth, He correcteth. Even as the Father, the Son, in whom He delighteth. It almost sounds contrary. Well, if you delight in me, why do you want to correct me? Because I love you. That's why. And so we see in this word of God tonight that there is blessings that we will receive and we will experience in our life 
when we live our life obedient to the Word and the law of God. The Word and law of God many times runs contrary to the carnal law of this world. It goes against your flesh. It goes against what the world is telling you to do. It seems like, you mean, what do you mean to live my life with morality? It's more fun to do the other. Live my life and be, be selfless. It feels better to be selfish. To covet, to desire, to do all these things. But God says, if you obey my word, I'm going to bless you. And I'm watching your life. And God is faithful. If there's one thing you can take to the bank, He will do His part. He's always loving, faithful, merciful to you. And He's looking for ways to pour out His goodness. And He'll do it to those who are obedient. Amen? God's good. Amen? Is that my shortest message ever? Is that my school? Probably one of my shortest. Amen? God's good, isn't He? Amen. Amen. God blesses and we want God to bless him. Tonight, would you stand with me tonight? And as we, this, this, uh, in this service tonight, let's just yield everything to Him and let's just lift our hands and say, God, I want to be obedient to You and I want Your life, You to bless my life and thank You for what You're already doing. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You're true. It's faithful. God, everyone in here is a testimony of Your faithfulness and Your blessings and Your goodness and Your mercy and Your grace and your salvation. And God, we can't even see the good things that you're getting ready to do. And God, we can't even see the great things that you're getting ready to do. And God, tonight, Lord, we love you. And God, I pray that by your mighty power that you, God, would give us such, Lord, a desire to serve you and to yield to you. And God, that we will know that whatever you put on our heart, that we can trust you if we'll just yield it to you. That God, you're going to bring us through and bring great victory to our life. We thank you, Lord, not only for what you have done. We thank you not only for what you are doing. We thank you, Lord, for what you're getting ready to do. And God, we trust you with all of our heart and mind. And so let others see the goodness of these people. And God, that they, Lord, would be lifted up. That they would be exalted. They would be blessed. They would be an example. They would be a light. They would be a blessing, Lord, to those around them. That they would see you through them. Thank you that your word's true. And you're actively working in Jesus' name.